All right, welcome into another edition, R.J. Bell's Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. I am A.J. Hoffman. He is Griffin Warner. And this is the end of the regular season, friend. This is all we got left. And then the madness, as the kids call it, uh, gets underway. So, um, and so a lot of these tournaments are underway already. Um, there's already been some madness. South Alabama somehow lost to uh, Little Rock today, which is pretty embarrassing. So it, it, it's there's already wildness. So be ready. It's gonna it's gonna come. Um, I, let's get it. Let's get it out of the way. Zero and two on our best bets. Uh, again, this has been a, a terrible season for us. So b- play with caution, certainly. Um, you know, I, I my personal betting has gotten better as the season's gone on. Somehow my best bets are certainly not getting better. Uh, and Griffin, you started out the season really hot, and it, you've been on a rough tear in the second half of the season. So listen, the, the this is uh, – I, I will say this. It's tough to set up a fair line and then bet against said fair line. <laughs> it's not easy. But uh, but listen, no excuses. It's been a it's been a poor season, so we'll try and be better. I know New Mexico State that that was their their first conference loss under Jans at home uh, against SFA. So I, I I don't know what to tell you. I am I was as flabbergasted as any, probably as flabbergasted as him. Uh, and you know they, they, these these things happen. Bad seasons happen. It's certainly been a bad season for me. Yeah, you know, I've been fighting against 50% this year, coming off a 58% year, which is really, really disappointing. Um, Also ticked up my unit size a little bit this year, which has been uh, problematic financially. So promise that we are putting the work in. It certainly hasn't come through just yet. Uh, To recap my best bet, um, very, very disappointing performance from USC uh, against Arizona last week in, or I guess still this week, uh, just a few days ago in a, a home game that uh, really started out poorly. And when USC does not make shots and Arizona does make shots, uh, no matter the venue, but especially on the road, didn't expect that. And I got to say, you've been pretty high on Arizona. I've uh, had some questions about them. And if they play like that, where they are literally eviscerating a USC, a good USC defense, that is a tough, tough team to beat. Problem is, I think they're going to be rewarded in the West, and Gonzaga will be out there too. I don't know. I think Arizona still has – if Arizona wins a Pac-12, I think they could still be a one seed. Possibly. You never know who's going to lose out there. Uh, I think they'll need some help from some other teams uh, dropping some games, but – Certainly that big win at Illinois is going to uh, suit them well for, for seeding purposes. All right, let's get into it. Oh, I, before we do, I want to uh, make a note that Steve Fezzik will be joining our little podcast on the Sunday night edition. Fez is going to sit in. It's going to be a little bit different format. We're going to look at some of these, uh, the, these bigger conferences, these big conference tournaments that are kicking off. And we are going to uh, we'll, we'll give someone that we like from the top, give someone we like as a dark horse. Uh, what I've been doing is is often just saying, "Hey, the, these are this is a team that I don't want anything to do with. Please don't invest in this team." Uh, on on the the Dream Pod last night, I said, "Don't in, if we're betting the Sun Belt, don't invest in South Alabama. They're not healthy." Of course, I said. They'll probably get by Little Rock, but then I think they'll lose to Troy because I just assumed Little Rock was a free square. And then 
Look at that. Uh, not so much of a free square. So, but Fez will sit in with us and give us sort of the uh, the better's point of view, and uh, and it'll be fun to 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 spice it up a little bit with Fez. All right, let's get into this week, and we're going to start with right out of the box. My best bet again, tail with with caution at this point. But I'm going to go with the Bradley Braves tomorrow in the Valley in Arch Madness against Loyola. And I do think that you are paying a bit of a premium for the Loyola name. And this team is just not the same team they've been the last few years with Crutwig. I mean, it's not that they're not good. They, they are. But Bradley somehow being wildly undervalued here. And these, these two teams split their series this season. The Loyola win, though, was an overtime win in Chicago, and Bradley took the took the uh, the helm this season in the Missouri Valley Conference as the best defensive team in the conference. They're the fourth best team uh, by effective field goal percentage, so they're good on both ends, and they are by far the best rebounding, best offensive rebounding rate, and best defensive rebounding rate in the Valley. They have a coach, not to mention a few players who have won this tournament twice already. So I think that there's real value in this Bradley team. They're a team that I even looked at as maybe a team that could go on and win this whole tournament. But I think six is just too many points here on a neutral for a team that I think is is very live to win. I, I My numbers would make this three, three and a half tops. So you give me six points, I'm going to take the Braves for my best bet. What do you think of it? Well, uh, Bradley, you know, they've been in the depths uh, over the last couple of years, had, I think, a a sexual assault accusation with a lot of the team members that went through and ended up kind of uh, Brian Wardle had to almost rebuild the entire program. Some some players did remain um, from the Missouri Valley champion, uh, I think, back to back years, including one of them that I was in attendance for. Uh, and there should be a lot of people that make the, the trip from Peoria down to St. Louis for Arch Madness. So um, that'll help. Um, very surprised on, from my point of view to see Loyola, the four seed in the Missouri Valley, though they were certainly challenging up near the top towards the end of the season. Uh, but I think all in all, a pretty disappointing year for for. Uh, Loyola, um, new coach, and certainly losing Crutwig, definitely a big change to kind of who they were entering the season, but that didn't change expectations. So uh, I think a very popular dark horse-ish pick as a four seed to win the Missouri Valley, but I think they're going to have a lot of trouble with Bradley. I really have been so impressed with Brian Wardle over the years um, and pretty impressed with how quickly he's built this program back because they were kind of a lack- laughing stock last season. Um, and we'll see what happens with this one, but, uh, I don't certainly feel any need to, to steer you off your best bet, uh, mainly because I haven't really believed in Loyola this year and I've been paid pretty well going against them. Yeah. And not Loyola again, you're paying a premium on them in this, in the conference as well. They are the favorites as the four seed. They're the favorites, you know, teams like Northern Iowa and, and Missouri state get to play the winner of these play in games tonight. And Loyola's got Bradley in the first round, yet Loyola is is like minus one forty to win the or uh, plus one forty to win the tournament. They are the, the, by far the favorite. So I, I'm I'm as soon as I saw those odds come out, I knew I was going to be against uh, I was going to be against Loyola for the conference future. And I think this number immediately when the when the game number was released, it just it's disrespectful to Bradley. So I'm going to go with Bradley for my best bet again tail with caution as as we are struggling right now in that aspect 
Let's go out to a team that we just talked about that you had your best bet on last week, USC. Going to UCLA, and I'll be honest, the number at Ken Palm, it can't be right. Uh, Ken Palm yesterday had it 11. Today it's down to 10. I'm going to project that UCLA is about an eight-point favorite here. I get that USC, like you, you know, just came off of a drubbing, but ten points would seem like a ridiculous number. What do you think about this matchup at eight? Uh, like USC, probably not a huge surprise as they were my best bet in a blowout loss to uh, Arizona on Monday night. Um, I believe, no, yeah, uh, when was whenever that was? <laughs> Unfortunately, it's all running together for me. It was it's Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Yeah. So sorry, quick, quick turnaround, but, um, you know, USC did win this game. The first time they played, uh, we're dealing with, uh, without play the game, I think without Isaiah Mobley, who's probably their most important player yet still won. It was at home, which certainly helps. Um, but Johnny Juzang looks like a question mark at best after missing the last two or so games. Um, and don't, really think he's going to be available. Uh, and I think if there's ever a time for USC to really lock in, which has certainly been a concern for them so far this season, it will be here for a rivalry game in a crosstown matchup against UCLA, who they've frankly owned for a long time. Like, I'm, not, I'm not even sure that Mick Cronin has a win against USC yet. Uh, and quietly, they're, they have the most Pac-12 wins over the last X amount of seasons. So um, certainly Arizona eviscerated them, as I said earlier on the podcast, and, and really, I think they, they kind of took them out of their game early. And, and once that happened, you, you, USC kind of fell apart. I don't see that happening in this one, even though it's on the road. Yeah. The odd thing about UCLA, and that's why I think the Ken Palm number surprised me so much is they've won five of their last six, but it's been kind of against the dredges of the PAC 12 like if you go, these are their last handful of wins. But if you go back the last over a, over a month now, Washington, Oregon State, Arizona State, Washington, Washington State at home. That's their best win. Stanford, Stanford, Cal. That takes you all the way back to that win uh, at home against Arizona that was back the the twenty fifth of January. Every time that they've stepped up in competition. It, Arizona loss, USC loss, Oregon loss in the last in the last five weeks. So and that and and then throwing the loss uh, at Arizona State that overtime loss. So I am skeptical of of what UCLA is right now. I think that they are a team that got banged up at a t- at a convenient time from a scheduling standpoint. So they were they weren't hurt as much, but. I think USC is, is again, still one of the better teams in this conference. I think that that number, again, even at eight, I would I would lean to USC. If this number does come out at 10, as Ken Palm projects, then USC is going to certainly make my card. I, I, that, would, that would blow my mind, though. Yeah, it, it might not. I think I would lean towards your, your projection, especially with the Juzang questions. And we might even have one of those rare scenarios where the, the line doesn't come out right away. Um, because he's so important to kind of what that number would eventually be. I just think that USC is certainly on a quick turnaround, uh, though uh, not a lot of travel because you're really just crossing town, even though it might take a couple hours in L.A. traffic. Uh, UCLA had to play (laughs) Monday night, and uh, I think as we've been talking about this whole podcast, maybe not making enough money on it, but uh, we haven't really believed in in UCLA despite that big run in the tournament last year. Uh, You can certainly – potentially say the same thing about USC making a deep run too. 
but I think these teams are very close together, maybe based on being about a four-point favorite on the road at USC the first time, but that was without Isaiah Mobley. And USC looks pretty healthy, uh, maybe no Isaiah White, but I'm still pretty confident in USC hanging around and above 10 or 10 or any sort of number towards nine is that key number where fouling stops is of interest to me. All right, let's go to the SEC where we get two of really kind of the the quietest scorching hot teams in the country facing off here. And if you look at the last 12 SEC games for Tennessee, they are 11 and one. If you look at the last 14 SEC games for Arkansas, they are 13 and one. Something's got to give here. Now, mind you, these two teams have played once uh, already. And this was a, a, a that's the one loss, the one SEC loss that Tennessee has had uh, since January 15th was against this Arkansas team. But that was at Arkansas where Arkansas is a, a, they are a, a much better team. Uh, but that was a, a 58-48 game. Tennessee could not get anything going. Our, our Tennessee's defense was great as always, but their offense was just dreadful here. Do you see anything changing in this uh, matchup at Tennessee? And we're going to project this line at Tennessee minus six. Ken Palm again has it seven. That would surprise me if, if Arkansas was getting seven points at this point as, as well as their plan. Both teams hot, as you mentioned. Arkansas probably slightly hotter. But, uh, you know, Arkansas... I still have some questions about kind of who they are. Certainly the the recent victories has done a lot to really kind of prove a little bit more that maybe they deserve uh, the win streak they're on. Certainly the schedule has, has helped play into that. Uh, I just don't know that I'm in a position where I want to be fading Tennessee at home against a team that they're similar to because Tennessee, if they can shoot, they're really hard to beat. And I think at home is the best chance for, for that to happen. And I just don't know that Arkansas really, even at a number like five or six or even seven is enough for me to want to step in the way of what's been a, a pretty decent go big orange uh, machine. Yeah. The Arkansas offense is like, I, I, I don't trust it. I, I mean, I, obviously they're very good defensively. You mentioned they're a lot like Tennessee and defensively they, they are very, they're built very similarly. Uh, as as poorly as Tennessee played offensively in that first game, I've seen Tennessee have games where where they can blow up. I, I've seen them shoot the ball really well. Arkansas is not a good shooting team, period, and they're not going to become a good shooting team. That's it's just not going to happen. So I, I tend to to lean the same way as you. I, I certainly trust Tennessee at home a lot more. Um, but this, I, I'm a little bit scared to uh, to step out in front of of this uh, this Arkansas team right now. They are they're playing at a really high level, and looking back at that that game that they played back in the middle of February, Arkansas did just a really great job. They did a really great job of holding down Kennedy Chandler, and we've we've kind of talked about him being the 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 key to that offense, the key to making it go. This is a crazy thing, but Kennedy Chandler made – he was 5 for 15 in that game. Nobody else even had five field goals in that game for, for Tennessee. They, they just could not get anything going. They turned the ball over 15 times. Uh, it was just a, a really sloppy game by them, uh, you know, beginning to end. 
And, you know, you obviously you see that in, in the final score, 58 to 48. But that's a game that was it was a one point game at halftime. And Arkansas kind of pulled away. It was a, it was a one point game with with 10 minutes to go in the game. So they pulled away at, at the end of that game. Uh, they just made they made some more shots. I don't know that I can trust them to do that again. So uh, it, it would be Tennessee or pass for me uh, in, in this matchup. Numbers a little high, I think, to, to back Tennessee based on how well Arkansas has been playing. I agree. All right, let's go to a big matchup out in the Mountain West. Boise at Colorado State. Boise, who I think was the fourth favorite to win the conference, they've wrapped up the regular season title. Boise is the team to beat going into the tournament. They've got one more piece of business before that happens, though. They're at Colorado State. We'll project the Rams minus three. Uh, this should be a really good game. It, it, does Boise take their foot off the gas now that they've kind of locked up? They've locked up the one seed in this tournament. I don't think they do because Boise lost this uh, return. I guess this is a return game of when they hosted Colorado State on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, an overtime game that went right down to the wire, and and really Boise struggled to shake. Colorado State. And I feel like a lot of the the Mountain West, it seemed there's been a ton of short home favorites, um, which has gone up and down uh, for a lot of them. And certainly for me, because home court, I think matters in this conference and uh, Moby Arena can can get pretty loud. And I think it's going to be a position or a a place where Boise State is really going to struggle to hang around with Colorado State if Colorado State can shoot like they can when they do when they play well at home. I think from watching that first game, uh, Boise really ne- were never able to separate. Missed a shot at the buzzer uh, that could have won them the game, but instead went to overtime. Missed some key free fro- free throws late to tie up the game, and Colorado State got a really important win. I, I think from where we sit, Boise has won the conference. I don't know that they're uh, necessarily going to throttle back a little bit for this game because it's on the road or or really to prepare for. Uh, a game next week, which they're going to be playing on Thursday or, or something like that when the t- when they get a first round bye. Um, but I, I like CSU here. I think at, at minus three, that number seems a little shorter than I would make it, especially based on the respect they're getting as a very small underdog uh, at Boise when they played the first time. Yeah, the thing that scares me, so for Colorado State, the thing that scares me is that Boise should dominate them on the boards. Like if you look at the, the stats, they, they tend to, in that because because Colorado State just doesn't offensive they don't they don't care about offensive rebounding but in that first game Colorado State was only minus one on the board so if they do that again if they prioritize that again they've got a shot there the thing that scares me about about Colorado State though is they are so horrific at the free throw line that anytime you're talking about a close game I just don't, or excuse me, Boise is so horrific at the free throw. Anytime you're talking about a close, a closely lined game, I just can't trust Boise because they they shoot 64 percent from the free throw line this season. Colorado State, one of the best free throw shooting teams, shoots 79 percent from the free throw line. So if you're talking about a team trying to cover three and, and they can't make any free throws, I I, I don't like that one bit. Uh, I certainly trust the the Colorado State offense more here. Boise's defense has, has carried him a long way, but on the road, I, I, or I, I just don't trust them to score as much. And again, I, I don't trust their free throw shooting. So it's Colorado State would be the lean for me as well. Um, all right, let's get to yours. Your best bet now, Griffin. Where are you going for your favorite play of the weekend? 
I'm going to go to the SEC and uh, one of the tried and true coaches out there in Buzz Williams. Uh, Texas A&M certainly going to have to put up another big effort after winning on the road at Alabama. Not the perfect uh, drought up type of position to be in, uh, but they're hosting Mississippi State on Saturday. We're projecting them as a two point favorite, and I'd play this all the way through three to, to minus four is probably where I'd cut it off. But if you see it at minus three, I wouldn't I wouldn't wait. Um, and as we were doing based on, on earlier in the podcast, certainly tail with caution, but uh, I feel like we're, we're heating up just in time and Owen two last week was tough, but we had been, I think, turn around the best bet results pretty well as of late and had a two and O just, I think two podcasts ago, but anyway, back to this one. So Texas A&M big win on the road at Alabama felt like it was deserved and control the whole time. Um, whereas Mississippi state had a, a huge, huge comeback in the second half, uh, with a game at home against Auburn that they needed to try to get into the tournament. I think where Mississippi State now is after that loss is that they know they have to win the SEC to really have a shot. And I wonder how that's going to affect them psychologically entering this game on the road while, uh, on the other hand, Texas A&M is about as confident as you can be because Joe Lenardi has said that they're back potentially under consideration. And, and they're certainly a, a win here uh, would wouldn't get them in the tournament by any stretch, but I think that's going to only push them forward and make that momentum uh, really start to ring true. Uh, Reed arena is a tough place to play. Like I said, Buzz Williams is awesome offensive coach. He can come up with exactly how A&M needs to attack them attack a Mississippi state team that that's really tall, but doesn't have a lot of shooting uh, expect to see a fair amount of zone thrown at them. If that, and if that works, then then we might even see more of it. It might be what buzz relies on the whole time. So AM is a short home favorite, I think is where I'm going for uh, my best bet of this week. Yeah, this is uh, a, that part of the conference, that middle of the sec is so tight right now. You've got six teams that are either nine and eight or eight and nine right now. And Texas A&M and Mississippi state are two of those teams. So, and when you talk about the way this tournament is seeded, you know, you're, you, you obviously want to avoid the, the, uh, the, the top, top dogs. You'd love to play the, you know, if you're, if you're the six or the seven seed, you're playing the winner of those play in games between, you know, the, the Georgias of the world and uh, the Georgia, Mizzou, Mississippi, Vanderbilt. You'd love to play one of those teams rather than being like the 10 seed and having to play a, a Tennessee or, or an Arkansas in the first round. So there's a big difference in seeding here, uh, depending on who wins this game. And I certainly, I, I, I certainly trust the way that Texas A&M is playing right now more than I trust the way that Mississippi State is. You know, I talked about the the wins that UCLA's had recently. These are the these are the last five uh, SEC wins for Mississippi State: Vanderbilt, Mizzou, Mizzou, South Carolina, Ole Miss. So they have just they've been you know winning games against the the bummiest teams in the league, uh, and not much else. They they're not doing anything else, and you know we've seen this this. Uh, this Texas A&M team, you, you just mentioned, they got a, they went and got a good road win at, at Alabama. Uh, they beat Florida a couple weeks ago. So I, I certainly trust the way they're looking right now a lot more than I trust Mississippi State. So, again, tale of caution, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling you on this one as well. 
Well, uh, let's make sure that from from our lips to uh, Buzz Williams' heart uh, or whatever the heck's pumping through, uh, let, let's get a win because <laughs> we need a 2-0 for this pod. All right, that'll do it for another episode. There's your best bets. Uh, Texas A&M minus two uh, hosting Mississippi State. And mine from earlier, which is already an official line it's, uh, for Friday, is Bradley plus six. And that's a Missouri Valley Conference tournament game against Loyola. So best of luck. And again, on Sunday, our special episode with Fezzik uh, should be a little bit different, but should be a really fun time. So I'm looking forward to that. Griffin, great job. As always, McKenzie in the back. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. And we will talk to you on Sunday. Good luck.